0: And then I had the kids, and I said, okay, which date was God a part of? And they're like, the good day. Totally, obviously. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I brought the hammer down on them.
1: <laughs> it was like, yeah, my actually something, a, an actual prayer that I've been praying is like, you are the same God in the dry and in the fruitful. That's right. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, in the rain and in the famine, He's still God.
1: To the and righteous we, and the unrighteous. And we do sometimes to the to the children's point. I think we all do that, where it's like, absolutely. "Oh God, it's so great, and I know You're here." Us take bless. And
3: yet,
2: the yeah, only I time we it. ever actually go to Him is when things are bad. Yeah.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download our Zion Lutheran Church app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown.
2: All right, hey, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown.
4: This is Jason.
1: This is Kate. This is John. <laughs> and I'm Jennifer. Are you holding in Today? a burp? No. Whoa.
3: I wanted to make sure we we're all good when we started.
1: <laughs> he just was trying to remember
0: his name.
3: Yeah, that's right. We've had Validate that a couple Jennifer. times. Like I think you a couple times were like, "I'm
2: wait, I'm, I'm not moving."
0: <laughs> I, I, I had somebody that says that they listen to the podcast. So shout out to Joni Irwin. And hey, Joni. Hi, Joni. What's up, Joni? She listens quite regularly, so. and she said her favorite are like the running almost inside joke theme of jennifer not knowing her name <laughs> it happens so often i mean
2: it's not your obsession with bob goff i
0: know honestly bob goff would
2: love you i i'm gonna see if my buddy virgil will play bob goff this podcast that since so now fun. they just my friend who's a pastor in kentucky just had bob goff at their church last weekend and <gasps> i texted him and i'm like dude i want to hear how that went i can't wait to chat and i haven't heard back so <laughs> maybe lives,
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, well. yeah. people. Because
2: he is very that, yeah. And God's doing some great stuff at His church. Oh, All oh. right, so we are we're finishing up the Awakening series.
1: It's such a great series. Oh, finally here. We'll
2: get you there. Well, and I, so I was on, and Jennifer and I were just talking about this a little bit. Like I wasn't even sure how we were going to end the series because the way I approached the series was instead of saying we're going to talk about this, I was trying to be obedient and listening to where the Spirit was directing. And originally, my original thought was we were going to leave on the fact that we're a mission outpost, hmm. and then I started thinking, I'm like, well, wait a second. That's great if we're a mission, but if I don't know what my part in the mission is, mm-hmm. yeah, who cares? Like, okay, Does
0: somebody else will go to overseas and be a missionary. Like, it's hard to connect like where your part plays. Like, if you only connect mission with missionaries That's or right. global missions,
2: well, because well, if you remember, we did the whole kingdom outpost yeah. that Zion. Every church exists to be a kingdom outpost in the community. And then that led to this whole thing of spiritual gifts and how really the purpose of spiritual gifts is that we find our purpose.
4: Yeah.
2: And and I, I okay so sermon read through was it was a good one. I I think there, here's the struggle I'm still wrestling with. I feel like there's so many more we could still teach on, and yet I know I know the series needs to be done.
4: Sure.
2: Um. When you think about the role of spiritual gifts in life, so the week before we talked about. What are the signs of life?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and then the problem is you can have a sign of life, but it doesn't mean you're really living.
4: Yeah,
2: And that's ultimately is God wants us to have life. Uh, when you read that Romans 12 passage that God, according to the grace given to us, that he chooses what he's going to give each of us. And the point is, is that we're meant, we're meant to use those gifts, gifts, gifts.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, well, now because you have gifts, I know. Mm-hmm. I, what gifts are the, what, is that, what does that stand for? Graphic interface.
3: Graphic interface format? I'm not sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. Moving like pictures, that. y'all.
3: Yeah. Moving, yeah. Um, but because we have gifts,
2: those gifts are not just meant, they're different than talents.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They're different than skills. They're even different than passions. They're, they're grace gifts that God gave us. And I, I was thinking about, okay, so what, why does God give us gifts? What's the point of those? Like salvation is a gift. But is it just so that we go to heaven and not hell? Mm. Um, every gift that God gives us has an intention, has a purpose, and ultimately it's for His glory and yeah. His fame.
0: amen, to glorify God.
2: How do you think when we operate our gifts, it moves us from just living to, or just existing, to actually being alive? What do you guys thought? Like, am, How does gifts do that?
0: I immediately think of when I worked at the bank... I was good at it, you guys. Not to toot my own horn, but toot toot.
1: I was. know yeah. <laughs> people who said I would specifically go to Kate then Garner's
0: line. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I was real good at it, you guys. I was really good at it. And I loved customer service. I loved the financial world. I loved, in, in fact, when I left the, the bank, they offered me a position to be able to go and do like traveling customer service training wow. for the bank. And it was like, wow, what a cool opportunity. I really loved it. And I was good at it. And the Holy Spirit was absolutely a part of it while I knew and loved Jesus while I was at the bank. I talked about my faith, and I was able to— I brought my Bible to work every day, and people were like, is that your Bible? Like The Holy Spirit was still a part of it. I was still living, and it was good. But it's not this abundant life and calling and purpose that I've discovered while working at the church, being able to do children's ministry at a high level of um, administration and direction now, being the director of children's ministry— being able to use that calling and purpose, all those talents and gifts that, uh, all are, are those talents and skills that I have this ho- my whole life adding up to it, now mixed with the spiritual gifting yeah. that I actually get to use. It's like, oh, now it makes sense why you put those tools in my tool belt, God, yeah. for this. For such a time as this was I made to live like this.
2: And it, they they partnered with some of your talents, yes. your natural skills. Yes. And per- yeah. I'm a
0: goofball by nature.
2: Yeah. So, and one of the things we talked about first in the, the whole ser- sermon was that part of the problem is is that most of us aren't looking for purpose; we're looking for happiness. Yeah. And usually, what that leads to is existing. We're always looking for the next thing. We're we're trying to chase the next high, the next feeling, all of happiness. And and when you uh, what immediately comes to mind, like you think about your job, right? Mm-hmm. The job it probably paid well. It it probably had. You know, it was. A, it, I took
0: a massive pay cut. It, it, could, have, it
2: could have checked a bucket, right? It could have checked a box, filled a bucket did. for you, but there was something missing. Yeah. And I think I wonder what happens is I wonder how many of us we assume that the feeling of happiness is going to satisfy us until it doesn't,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and then that's why we end up looking to false things, to other bad decisions. Not that working at a bank is a bad decision, because yeah. it could be. I think this is the big question: is doesn't mean that you had to work at a church. No. And I think that's sometimes the lie that people believe is the only way you can live out God's gifts in your life, spiritual yeah. gifts, is you have to work at a church.
0: That just happens to be what happened to me. But even even if, like, COVID happened, and, you know, if I was putting all of my identity and my calling and being a Z-Kids whatever, doing children's ministry at the church, guess what I didn't get to do for almost two years?
4: Yeah.
0: Oh, did that change my calling and my purpose and my yeah. spiritual gifting? Absolutely not.
2: Well, Jennifer, I think this, I mean— an- I know in our conversations, you came from uh, the safety... What's that? What's Public that? safety. Public safety. I knew there was another word I was missing there, public safety <laughs> world. And you were very successful in that r- world as well, and you've stepped into a role. How How is how is you stepping into this? Because it has its own challenges. We just talked about this area of calling a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. My time frame's all off. Um,
0: and this is also going to air in the future. Yeah, it's always... So, time it's, is so wibbly-wobbly. It's
2: so weird. <laughs> I, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, how does... How does this idea of stepping into calling, because you could have stayed in public safety, and that doesn't mean you weren't called there. And
1: I will tell you that I was called there. Yeah. That I absolutely was called. And I would even say that potentially you were called at the bank during that season. Yeah. I was called to where I was supposed to be. I I will say that the dispatch center is a dark place. Literally, it's in a basement with no lights. (laughs) It's (laughs) literally
2: a dark place.
1: But Mm -hmm. also, the trauma that comes from the the inundation of traumatic events... Um, is really a difficult place, and I prayed with people. I wrote scriptures on boards. I was doing ministry there.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I actually think one of the least things that I like working about the church is that I don't get to work with non-believers anymore. Amen. Very limited. very So limited. very, so few. very like, limited. Yeah.
2: I, actually,
1: that's really why I love Alpha because it's like if you're just like yeah. I still or have a little. Your, I still have a little or celebrate recovery. Yeah, I still have a little. You know, a little, a little bit. But I think. It, we have to be so careful, like, if you're out there listening and you're like, well, I'm not I'm not called to my position because I'm a farmer or because I'm a banker or whatever. Yeah, preach. Baloney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If God has you in a place and you are using your yep. giftedness and your passion, that is absolutely where you were supposed to be, and there's a ministry to occur there. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it is really important that people understand that. And, in fact, I go back to this uh, in, my, in my life pretty heavily. There was a guy that I worked with. Um, he was one of my employees, and he was a believer. And he one day asked me, why are you leaving us? Which is a very hard statement. Hmm. But uh, from my gut, like without thinking about it instinctually, I said, because I'm not called here. And um, I'm not called here anymore. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, your calling can change. That's right. And how God uses your giftedness. Like he might that might change. But also you <clears> might just find that it gets better meshed in with your passions. Or it gets better meshed in with your your talents or your skills. Or you work harder Uh, to hone a particular area and then, you know, and then that leads you to a new area. And that is beautiful. And when we talk about the abundant life, if we are following and submitting to God's will and allowing
0: that to occur in our life, that is abundance, yeah. And I don't think abundance, an abundant life, doesn't mean a happy life. Like, no, happiness no. is yeah. circumstantial, <sighs> and we right. see a lot of scripture that actually says you're not going to be very happy having a, a Christ-filled life or a Christ, like a Christ-led life. Um, yeah, Well no, yeah. It's, it's
1: like Jesus. Sorry, it's like Jesus in the garden. I have said this so much in the last few weeks. Please tell me he didn't have the abundant life while he was yeah. asking God to take away the will. He did. He was fully yeah. human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And,
4: well,
2: and, so... and, and I think that's, I think what's what's critical in this is, and this is why I wanted to have you guys share your stories, and I love that you brought this up, is so many people, it's easy to think that a spiritual gift only applies if I'm in full-time ministry. Yeah. Now, biblically, the spiritual gift is supposed to be used for the body of Christ, but that doesn't mean it necessarily is always inside the church or that it's just inside the church. Maybe yes. that's a better way to say it. Mm-hmm. You should be using a spiritual gift inside the church, but that spiritual gift also works outside.
4: Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And
2: I was, one of the, I was reading a couple different books and, and uh, talking about spiritual gifts and purpose. And one of them shared the story about this young woman who got a job at Starbucks and didn't understand, why, do, why am I working at Starbucks? And right. realized that their passion was talking with people. And it was actually a gift. It was a spiritual gift to talk with people, and it opened up doors for to have spiritual conversations and to show mercy and grace. And all of a sudden, they realized God put them in Starbucks because this is the greatest place that they could talk. That and it allowed them to use this, and it shifted their entire perspective on I, why they were wow. at Starbucks.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think I mean I you know, I've I think so many people assume. That if I just find the right job, you know, there's that old adage, if you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day of your life.
4: Right. Are
0: you well, working hard or hardly working? Yeah. Hardly working when you love it.
2: And, and that's and that's the thing <laughs> is like. Sometimes
0: I think you're an old farmer. <laughs> I know. That's why we get along so well.
2: <laughs> and I and I think that's. and I, But again, those those tripes, those those statements that we use, they somehow imply. That if you're not doing what you love, then you must not be where God wants you. Yeah. Right. And here's the deal. Jesus didn't love the cross. And right. it's exactly where God wanted him. Yep. Exactly where the Father wanted him. Um, Paul didn't want to be shipwrecked, and yet it was exactly where God wanted him. Paul didn't want to be beaten. Imprisoned. More, imprisoned. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly where God now wanted him. Now the
0: disciples him. wanted him to be beheaded. That's right. right. And, and, yeah. and so Jesus we, still saw the joy set before him. Yes.
2: And in fact, it was in obedience yes. that he was made perfect, which is an interesting joy text. Joy
0: is not happiness.
2: And it's because we chase happiness. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Okay, so let's even Come think about what—hold on, oh, hold on a yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even think about what is the credo of America? The pursuit of life, liberty, and—
3: yeah, pursuit, happiness. Pursuit of happiness, yeah. Not
2: hope, not, not purpose. actually
1: not even happiness, the pursuit of it.
2: The pursuit of uh-huh. happiness. Which is
1: like even a secondary to happiness. Yeah,
2: and so now all of a sudden, I'm getting ev- there. everything is all <laughs> about you need to pursue happiness. Yeah, And yet the Bible points at that, no, it's not about happiness, it's about purpose. Mm-hmm. And even, and I alluded to it in the message, excuse me, Adam and Eve... They had a purpose. God created Adam with a purpose, which was to work the garden, to care for, to be a steward, to expand the garden. But then also, why did he need a helper? Which even the language there is not, I would, I would argue, is not the best language for the text. I would say it's partner. Yeah. Because helper implies that Eve was there as like a, tell so me what to reality, do, Adam. When mm-hmm. in reality, it's a partner to do this task.
0: You Enneagram twos out there, I hope you're listening. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, but I, I think about how many people I know in the church, because again, spiritual gifts are only for believers. Um, how many people in the church aren't operating in their spiritual gifts because they think all that there are are talents, skills, and passions, mm-hmm. or they mistake and say, well, I can sing really good, that's a spiritual gift, mm-hmm. or I'm good at leadership, that's a spiritual gift, but are you using it for the glory of God? Mm-hmm. Because that's what makes it a spiritual gift. Yeah. And I yeah. would, I think you could also argue that all gifts are spiritual, it's just... Is Jesus, is it the Holy Spirit who's directing them, or is it you or the enemy?
0: Okay, I have, like, a thought question, what are those called, where it's like a... Anyway, it doesn't matter. I have a question that's hypothetical. So if we're talking about you've got the, the skill and the talent, the passion, and a spiritual gift, you know, and sometimes people have a skill for something they don't have a passion yeah, for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I know someone that I I know and love that I asked them if they wanted to step into a position that we're hiring for children's ministry because they're so good at it. I was like, hey, you're really good at this. Would you ever want to? And I'm like, I actually don't want like kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's what like, honestly, said, I actually don't like kids. And I was like, Oh, don't work. Here. That's okay, good, good, good choice, good choice. Yeah. Um so you might have a skill in something, but that doesn't mean you have a passion. You might have a passion for something, like I love to paint. You guys, I have zero skill. Like, don't look at my paintings. They're just for me. They're mm-hmm. just for me. Sure. Is, what is that? that's not true. i Is that an, that what it, is
2: that an elephant? Yeah. No, that's my family. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like that, that was a self-portrait. Like, poor <laughs> Picasso. That is my husband. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, okay, so what about, what if purpose is when God gives you skill, passion, and spiritual gifting... And you use that because I feel like... Well,
2: that's what the Venn diagram was at the yeah, end. Yeah, I didn't
0: see that. No,
2: we, we actually were talking cool. about is that your calling is when all three of those intersect. Yeah. And now all of a sudden that's when Same you find brains. your purpose. Cool. And But then there's a fourth part to it, which is community. Because oh, you would have, that be like
0: over all of it? That's
2: why we have to be in the body of Christ. Amen. Because if you're not in the body of Christ, you will not find your spiritual
1: gift. And, and that actually, Ed, sever-
0: I don't know about, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, well, mine was just like, if you were a body of Christ, like a body part, like a pinky toe. Say I'm the pinky toe because I'm children's ministry and they're fun. Pinky toes are fun. What it is It's nice fat. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's so- anyway, why but what would that severed pinky toe be good at?
2: No, I'm just trying to picture weird. a fat pinky toe.
0: I should no, call it a pinky toe or a little toe. My mom calls it a bossy,
2: a bossy toe. toe. A bossy? is it like a second thumb?
0: I call it my na toe because I make it go uh. What if you just had not,
2: two thumbs on the, both sides of your foot? Of you out there
0: you, <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> not,
1: like I do not have monster feet, okay?
0: I just, <laughs> <laughs> just, is walking out with a club foot around here.
2: Here's right. the thing, this is what my mind is picturing. I'm picturing a foot with two
4: big
0: toes. I just got it's just bookends.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and in that case, <laughs> if it
0: <you're laughs> got it could be very important.
2: Okay? <laughs> what, what people don't realize is Jennifer has a horrible sense of balance. That was God's gift to her. It's giving her a that pinky wobble. toe. Otherwise, she's just going to go, oh, I'm falling over.
1: <laughs> Anyways, so, okay, can I add the two? Yes. <laughs> <questions? laughs> okay. okay. Two parts. One, and you alluded to this, to the message. Um, and I don't know how it fits on the vid- Venn diagram, but here's the thing: integrity is also really a really oh yeah, important we were of that, that because it's like yeah, you could have skills, talents, yeah, uh, uh, passion, ones? passion, and, and spirit and community, but if your character is lacking, you cannot now operate in your spiritual well gift. As, I think as well as your yeah, design,
2: you're to. you're ultimately gonna you're gonna either forfeit or hinder your ability to do it.
1: It's like so, you're to snuff it out.
2: So think about okay. what's happening right now in American culture. All these pastors that are falling. Do I have to? And and I mean, we're seeing. Well, it's just it's not just it's, America. It's, it's in the world. So hard. It's, yeah. and it's, it's so heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because yeah. some of them are God has used them tremendously, and I think we I think the danger, and I really I really think it is a danger is. God can use anybody and anything He wants to, even people that are sinfully doing horrible things. Yeah. Evil things. Evil things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I'm going to say the name, Ravi Zacharias, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ravi Zacharias led, I don't even know how many, An
1: hundreds of... An apolo- incredible apologetic.
2: Incredible ministry. Mm-hmm. Was known, and it wasn't until after he died, it was discovered that he was a very broken man who was doing some very broken things. That doesn't discount all the things that God did. However, now what it did is, instead of celebrating this man's ministry... It tarnished everything that he did, and a human reaction is to say, well, then nothing he did is valid. Or right. that
1: God's not good.
2: Yeah. And
0: like, how, how does this... like How, how is God a part God? of God? So yeah.
2: even the stuff going on with Hillsong right now. So, like, Hillsong, they have the documentary, and, and you know what? Yeah, there's clearly some leadership issues in Hillsong where... The character, uh, the character was not fitting the competency and the charisma and all the other things. And now right. to
0: the other side of it, the documentary clearly had an agenda. Oh, clearly. It was not unbiased uh, no,
2: journalism No, so biased. Happening. You know what my favorite part of that was? And they were talking, the woman, she was like, and they, they manipulated us using music. And then all of a sudden you hear music in the background.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh.
2: you're literally doing the exact same thing. But but here's the here's where I, I, I'm actually, I think I'm going to add that in because, again, we record this before I do the message. Spoiler. It's the only thing, ministry, when you're doing ministry in the church, whether you're paid or not, yeah. character, your inability to follow, not just the world's value of character. Yeah. Character actually does matter because it will. It, it doesn't mean God didn't use you or couldn't use you, but it will hinder, it will become a lid
4: mm-hmm.
1: to
2: what God wants to do through you because eventually, and none of us are perfect.
1: No. And I and think, I think this, this goes back to your conversation from last week's message of,
2: Health. Health is the goal. It's not perfection. It's not
1: perfect character. It's healthy character. Well,
2: so like, okay, let's talk about when we're in a staff, right? We have people, so therefore we have conflict. Yeah. Human nature is conflict. What?
4: What? Mm -hmm. And
2: if it's perfection, then all of us, none of us are, it's Mm going to be horrible. Yeah. But when we screw up or when when things don't go right or there's a miscommunication, even when it's not a screw up, it's just a miscommunication. It wasn't sinful. It wasn't, it was just an oversight, right? Yeah. If we don't have the ability, the character to acknowledge and say, hey, I'm sorry, but again, if you're going in, and I'll tell you, when I, before I worked in a church, I had this view of what church looked like. There's this book called The Art of Pastoring by uh, uh, Christian Hansen or something like that. And in it, he says, some people think going into ministry is like climbing back into the womb. And it's safe and it's warm. It's disgusting. Yeah, and but because <laughs> sure. in your mind you know what goes on in the womb. But I are, I, I honestly picture like pastors as just being perfect loved, life and not,
4: and... not perfect
2: life, but loved. Like okay. you're not, no conflict. Okay. it was safe, people. peaceful. Like okay. people just love you. You're protected because that's what the womb is. And he said, when reality ministry is like childbirth, it's mm. messy. It's it's there. It is painful.
4: Mm. And
2: if you're going into ministry or if you're going to work in a church, thinking, man, this is going to be better. Here's the hard part. The minute you start working in the church, you realize it's filled with human beings. Yeah. And and then, on top of that, you're dealing with people. And and I think this is the part where the character part comes in is we're always developing in our character. Yeah. And in the world, like I think about some of the news stories that are going on right now, and there's I think it's okay to talk about these things. Like
0: I think the, we should. I think if, if pastors around the world, especially in America, are willing to name drop political names, yeah. but not willing to... Name drop pastoral yeah. names. Yeah. yeah, well, we've got an issue. But
2: even in the world, like, so right now, the, the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp case, and like, it's taking a more news. Si- it's taking a more <laughs> news cycle than the war in Ukraine right now, which yep. is so weird to me. Because yep. for like three weeks, Ukraine was everything. Yeah. And now this is getting press lines over the fact that there's horrible atrocities, Ge- yeah. war, genocide mm-hmm. going on, whatever. But here's what it comes down to: had they just gotten divorced? They just didn't like each other. There was a basic an affair. It would, be, it would be no news because in the world's point of view, an affair just happens. Divorces happen. But you're in a church. Even if you're not in leader, even if you're not a pastor or you're not on staff, like those are character issues. And God cares about them, and they don't always disqualify you from ministry, but they can affect and impact yes. your ability to do ministry. And so that's the thing with spiritual gifts is God, God can 100% use imperfect, broken people. and that's, In fact, that's the only people he uses. Yeah but i do believe that your character can get in the way and sometimes god will remove that gifting if you're not going to steward it well or not or if your character doesn't match it and that's why i think what happens with like hillsong or mars hill or these mega churches where at some point i'm wondering at what point it stopped being a spiritual gift and just a natural gift and that that's yeah. where the problem yep. god still used it cuz he's gracious yes, and merciful powder.
4: Uh-huh.
0: Holy Spirit power. You. Yeah, and wow.
2: I fall into that. Amen. There are some days that I've gotten up there, and it's been pure Jason, yeah. just operating on will. And I try not to do that, and and I have to be honest with the Lord on that. But there are times when, man, it just feels like I'm doing, I'm running
3: the show in that moment. And you yeah. can go, you can go quite a while on that. I feel like you can, you can, you can fake oh, yeah. it for quite a while, and some
0: of us longer than others. Mm-hmm. Like if if you're a kind of personality type that has grit, drive, and passion. Yep. Yep. I
3: can go for days. Yep.
2: Yeah, But wow. I, I wonder, are you actually faking it, or are you just drawing from the wrong source? I think i mm-hmm. are just
0: drawing from the wrong source. Because yep. you're not
2: faking it. Like, no. I, I can tell you there have been Sundays that I've gotten up and preached, and I still I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really love. do. I, my, well, a friend of mine said it best. He goes, I feel most love when I'm preaching God's word. <laughs> because that's when I know the Father loves me. When I'm operating my gifts, that's when I feel God's love the most. And I was like, I get that. There have been Sundays where I didn't—I didn't feel like I spent the time with the Lord that I needed to. That I wasn't seeking the Lord. It was just Jason doing it, and I still had people come up. The Lord used it, mm.
3: right?
0: You know, and if you think—oh, go ahead. Sarah. Oh no,
2: I was, I was just going to say because I wasn't faking it. I just yeah. was—I was drawing from the wrong well, right? Yeah. You if get you, to,
3: yeah.
0: if you think yeah. that a spiritual gift is given to you by you know, through the Holy Spirit, right? Of course, while you're operating out of that, you're going to feel, oh, I feel so connected right now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, duh, you got the Holy Spirit that's yeah. doing this. He, it, is, it is a part of you right now. It uh-huh. is in you dwelling. Like, let's go.
2: And can I, okay, so I, I talked to, I, I'm not, I'm not going to name drop only because I know this person never wants their name brought. But we have somebody in our church who faithfully serves behind the scenes regularly, never wants attention and I wonder if for them, because their spiritual gifts as helps, like they feel the most loved when
0: operating out, of that.
2: operating out of that. Like for them, that is how they know I'm, I'm operating in what God called me to. Yeah. They're never going to step foot on a stage. Yeah, yeah. They're never, no one, no one even knows well, they Yeah, gonna we have it. a lot of those people. We have a actually. lot of those people, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, for me, because my, my spiritual gifts tend to be all upfront gifts. And the danger of that is because we do elevate upfront gifts as being supreme, I would argue that I'm going to get before the Lord, and I'm going to be shocked by how many, how many things that God's going to say, yeah, you did that for you, or mm-hmm. you got your— at one point Jesus says, hey, you received your reward in full, when they were like, that uh-huh. was awesome, Jason. Yeah, you've already
0: yeah. got it. Yeah. You've already got your well done for and, the day, But the sir. person
2: who cleans toilets mm-hmm. and never knows, mm-hmm. their, you know, if we're going to use yeah. the mansion illustration, they're getting the— they're getting
0: Guys, yesterday, Wednesday, because we record early— I have a regular group that meets on Wednesdays at 1 o'clock, I call them the Zion craft crew, and we're going to get teachers.
4: <laughs> and it's this,
0: like, most of the time it's retired women that are, like, retired from teaching or doing other things that, like, know how much work goes into it. So if I would do, like, the amount of crafts we did yesterday, it would Was this take the pizza t-
2: and the monsters? Yep,
0: it would take me over four hours to do this. And they did it in about an hour and 15 minutes with about five or six people chatting and stuff in between. And as I'm walking away, one of them who I love dearly said, man, nobody knows how much work this really is, like how much you really do. No one knows. And I was like, my father in heaven does. And I have that promise. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how do you how do you keep maintaining when maybe that isn't your gift?
3: Yeah, I think I think for me, sometimes I can buy into that lie of like, man, nobody knows. Nobody knows what I did or what we did and I got that a lot at camp too because the the direct uh, inspiration point Christian do you, do you have any Freed Christian
2: Center? wear that says just so the, I'm those wearing, watching I'm wearing don't it understand. right
3: now a nice quarters
2: 90% of John's uh, attire, attire is 50,
3: inspiration it's 50% point. at this point now. yeah he's been
0: married for yeah. <laughs>
3: You've been purging slowly. <laughs> the director of the camp, you know, on the on the at the end of a week or during the weekend at a at a family camp event would gather us up and say like the kids that come here, the adults, the families that come here, most of them have no idea how long you spent cleaning bathrooms or fixing the cabins or doing whatever. They have zero idea, but God knows. And we know, as a staff, we know, and we don't do it for recognition yeah. and glory from them. Yeah. And, I, and
2: I, I would say also as well, the other side of that is sometimes it's not that we all need affirmation. Amen. Yes. Because there are those times when it's exhausting. Jesus had a perfect relationship with the Father and heard his Father saying, well done. Like
0: That is my son of whom I am so right, love. And we
2: don't get that. And, and so that doesn't mean that... We don't, that people in ministry or people serving. There's a reason why we need to appreciate our volunteers. But if you're doing it for the applause, if you're doing it for the attention, eventually that'll be known. My uh, my pastor, when I was in my early 20s, and I talked about him last week, the one who mentored me, he actually said to me, he goes, Jason, I want to warn you. He goes, I feel like you're driven by ambition, but it's not holy ambition. Mm. And what it was is I knew I was called to ministry early on, and I thought I was so consumed with being in the position that I wasn't letting the Holy Spirit work on the character development. I was impatient. And I remember being so upset with him that he said that. I was like, how dare he? <laughs> and now I look back, and I'm like, man, he, he nailed that. Like, he threw a dart, and it was right on the bullseye.
1: And he could have gone in a completely different direction.
2: Oh, I, 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 it would have so wounded my soul had he just thrown me in because I had passion and I had talent. And yes, I had a spiritual gift, but it was the timing that was missing. Amen. And sometimes yeah. I think we miss. But on the other side, and y'all, all, all of us understand this, that do ministry, including our volunteers. Again, you don't have to be a paid staff to do this.
4: Amen.
2: There's a point in which you get discouraged because you're like, man, I just feel like I'm butting my head up against the wall. Or it's... <gasps> It's the 15th complaint you fielded in, in yes. a day. Or, I hear,
0: we hear it all the time, especially in youth and kids, just because we have so many that serve so regularly and such a thankless job, it can feel like. Like, children are draining, you guys. I don't know what? if you know this. They're also life-giving. <laughs> They're also life-giving yeah. if you allow it to be. So, like, so many <laughs> times I hear the complaint from youth and from children's ministry volunteers that say, I feel like nothing's sticking. I don't feel like yeah. anything I do matters. But that's also why it has
2: to be a calling. Right and this okay, so let's well, let's move off this real quickly, because I want to talk about when you're finding your purpose, you know we, we have that intersection of passion, talent, uh spiritual gifting and that that coming in. I think a lot of the reason why people are they're pursuing things that are in the natural is because those are tangible.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: like that's also what the world highlights. like why would the world know anything about spiritual gifts? Yeah, you know the world yeah. doesn't the world doesn't have spiritual gifts, so they're not going to think about it. And that's what drives most of our stuff. But even how we do church, what, how do, what's our language? How does our language tend to fuel stuff? I was thinking about the weird language of called and ordained. Mm-hmm. Like that makes it sound like because I'm called and ordained, and I've I was at i been at churches where your ministry doesn't count if unless you're called and ordained. I actually had somebody speak that over me who said, you know, until you're called and ordained, none of this is real ministry because it's only called an ordained ministry that matters. Yikes. And I was like, wow, way to, way to illegitimize the hard work and the impact that someone has had because they didn't have a human, the, the whole human of called and ordained. Them. It's not in Scripture. The mm-hmm. Bible doesn't tell us to call and ordain people. It doesn't tell us to have M divs. No. And it's not that those things are bad. It's actually a very Old Testament theology because you would call and ordain a priest or a prophet or a king. Yeah. Um,
1: I've been sitting on this for... Um, this podcast so far but like even calling initially when we when we opened that idea of calling we associated it to profession yeah yeah they they don't equate that's right you Mm -hmm. can work in a profession that is not your calling and your calling is to visit nursing homes yeah or you know i don't know i don't know what it is but your calling does not have to be your profession that's right yeah and i think sometimes we or single moms i think great example if single moms feel like profession equates calling equates profession then they feel easily delimit legitimized. should have picked a, diff, a different word <laughs> in being a stay-at-home mom yeah illegitimate no, is that they, the, yeah yes illegitimate, yeah. um no like your calling can is motherhood yeah like, you know like and it can be working like there it's not a yeah. it, it's both You're, you know I, like
0: I, I went through a season where like What is your calling, and does it matter? Is it my profession? Is it what I do for my day to day? I felt like my calling is to be a loving and consistent mouthpiece for the word of God. Yeah, and it happens to get to be children at Zion right now. Yeah, Yeah.
2: well, and and even if from a kingdom perspective, because spiritual gifts are about God's kingdom, they're not about you, and they're in fact, if they're done well, they're about others. And when the the spiritual gifts becomes about you, I think that's when the Lord might sometimes remove his anointing or his hand from it. Um, when we look at this idea of calling, and I think part of our pursuit of happiness or even what we think is our supposed to be our calling, parenting is one of those big ones where I'll hear parents say to me, well, my calling is to be the best parent I can be. Now, that's, that is true. God wants you to be the best parent. But if that's your sole purpose
1: where you get your worth and identity. Yeah,
2: which is your purpose. Like the, that's yeah. mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, what happens when your child, and, and I, I watch this as, actually just as my own kids are growing up, what happens when my kid doesn't make the best mm-hmm. choices? How mm-hmm. does that all of a sudden, like, mm-hmm. I feel like I failed instead of, no, my kid's a kid.
0: Right. Well, does God fail when I sin? That's
2: right. Now I sin. <laughs> yeah, I sin, right? And yet yeah, we do it in all things. And, and I think family right now is one of those idols yes. that is so prevalent. And it's been for the last 20 plus years. Where we put, I'm watching as marriages are crumbling because parents are going above and board because they think their purpose is to make their kids happy yeah. and well-rounded. And they'll say, well, I have to give them all the experiences. Do you know how many great kids out there who love Jesus, who are functioning adults, have great jobs, great ministries, are operating their calling, and they didn't play 10 sports?
0: At they, five years old. At five
2: years old. They didn't, they didn't go to the perfect college, and yet we, mm-hmm. that's the worldly perspective on what it means to be a parent. Now, let me say that. It doesn't mean it's wrong that your kid's in sports. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but when that becomes your purpose, your identity, when your identity, now all of a sudden you run the risk of what happens or what, what happens yeah. when they graduate and your what marriage you doesn't exist. are teaching
0: them about their identity. They're the same thing. If you're the building, the, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, and then and when they mess up, when they ultimately are not a professional <laughs> or, soccer player or they, player or they, went they don't to, want to, or mm-hmm. choose that they don't want to, now they've failed mm-hmm. in that identity yeah. that mm-hmm. you've set up for them. Yeah. Um, but so I that, just like
1: I just wanted to like point out like we should be careful that we don't associate calling with profession. a
2: hundred percent. And I and I love that. In fact, you would I think you can make the case that most of the time calling and profession don't go hand in hand. I in would fact, agree. your profession opens the door for you to do your calling. It is not your calling. Wasn't Paul
0: Correct. a tap
2: maker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I,
0: is that what you think of when you think of Paul?
2: No no. no no and and the profession this
0: was a carpenter
1: right <laughs> also the messiah like, you
2: know? well I and mean, even think about if you break down profession it's to profess yeah
1: hmm.
2: and what if we begin to see that maybe god has moved you into a profession so you can profess so working in the police testify
4: department.
2: yeah you know i mean people whether it be construction now if you work in a job where you're not around anybody well, maybe God is giving you that time to be a prayer warrior. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think about some of the farmers I know mm-hmm. who are they love yeah. to pray. That's
1: what I was thinking earlier. That's like
2: funny. they're they're in their combine, which still is a magical machine to me. I don't understand how <laughs> it works. I've been told, I've been shown, it doesn't make sense. But I how many of them are they're listening to podcasts and learning and growing and yep. they're praying and Amen. they're worshiping and Prayer is a spiritual gift.
1: And they're providing a product that is necessary to the world around them. Yeah. And
0: we were talking about productivity, it does not mean an abundant life. That productivity producing fruit mm-hmm. of the yeah. spirit yeah. from your spiritual gifts mm-hmm. is what we're talking about when we say product or produce.
2: Well, and, and, and this I think, you know, I, I I jokingly said it in the in the sermon read through oh. is when we were talking about our purpose and plan. And I'm like, I'm not quoting Jeremiah. I'm not, I refuse to do it. And it was kind of a visceral reaction because...
0: Because God has a plan for you, and what do you think of? But
2: the, that's the text, right? I know the plans that he has for me, plans not to harm me, but to prosper me. And, and people quote this all the time, but what yep. they really mean is, good things are going to happen to me because God's got my back. Yeah. And that depends on how you define good. Mm-hmm. Because God's goodness does not always equate to your happiness. Yes. <laughs> exactly right. Say it again. <laughs> so Jeremiah, like, here's when he's prophesying, when he speaks this over Israel... Who's about ready to go into exile by the Babylonians. And this is, this is God telling through Jeremiah, hey, you're going to go into exile for 40 years. You're going to hate it. You're going to think I've abandoned you. I haven't. I've still got a plan for you, Israel. I'm not done with you, but you're going to feel it.
0: You are going to suffer, but remain steadfast. Yeah. You can still bloom here.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So when you think about your purpose, and, and let me ask this. If you could think about what is your purpose, Kate, you've kind of alluded mm-hmm. to it. Right now, now that purpose could change. Ultimately, our purpose should be God's glory.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Like that's that's the First Corinthians 10, 30, 31. Everything we do, we do it for the Lord. Whether you eat or drink or play or sleep or, you know, play guitar, computer program, farm, everything we do, we do it as an opportunity to glorify God. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like your glory, what do, you, what do you feel like not your glory, what do you feel like your purpose right now is in this season of life? And that could change. And let's move away from the the stereotypical to make Jesus famous. Like we all get that. We all want that. What do you feel like your purpose is right now?
1: Yeah, I have two. Uh, One is uh, I think that my call is to mature believers through God's word specifically. And so that's teaching, equipping, um, coaching, that sort of thing. Uh, And then secondly, this, this came out of a a time where I uh, retreated and fasted and, was just really seeking the lord really for this year not 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 necessarily so much but um a word i felt like he really gave me in scripture to to back it was watchman and really this idea to be on the lookout for what's coming up ahead and to be paying attention to that and to be preparing for that and to, and and really this idea of like the watchman um text can can also go with a gatekeeper text of I think is it John 10? I'm the Good Shepherd? Yeah, that's John 10 right. <laughs> anyway, and it's this idea of like you open the gate and you know, the gatekeeper helps them find pasture and shepherd them and help them be shepherded by the Lord. And so anyway, so I think one seasonal, I don't think I don't know that that'll be forever. Um, and then the other one, I feel like is more what I'm supposed to do kind of indefinitely.
2: Kind of your the call, like God put Jennifer Colby here for this. Yeah, yep, I get that.
0: I feel like I need to be very careful when others make comments like, oh, you have a calling and a gifting for children, like for leading and teaching children, and sometimes that can rub the wrong way, because I think if you asked any of the leaders that serve and lead in children's ministry, they get a lot out of it as well, and I do teach and lead um, other adults as well. A lot of what I do is not just to children, because if it wasn't for the backs of eighty volunteers, there would be no children's ministry. No. I can't do it alone, <clears throat> and I think that they have to be equipped and led and loved through that. And yeah. so I, and if I'm not doing children's ministry, I you
2: mean, you're not the sole person who gets up there and teaches five kids on a Sunday no. morning. If there's anything wrong with that? I mean, it's. A I mean, I thing. do
0: actually. Yeah, right now,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hate I, children's ministry. It's help you guys, um, but I, that's why I went to that broader, like Christian, speak of like my calling. It's to be a loving and consistent mouthpiece for the word of God. And what I mean by that is that everything I do is an act of worship. And I happen to do it under the mode of children's ministry. Yeah. I am the same goofball wearing uh, overalls when I go to Fairway this afternoon. I'm the same goofball that does children's ministry when I do it at Celebrate Recovery. I treat them the same as I treat children because I love children and I love them and I love the lady that I hold the door open for and she looks at me like get away you smell bad I'm like oh sorry I still love her like grumpy old farmers I still love them
2: I don't think you smell bad
0: I do sometimes (laughs) but thank you Uh, (laughs) but what I'm saying is, is that I don't have to do it perfectly and I don't have to do it in the mode that I happen to be doing it as my profession that that calling and purpose for me Is something that I can do all day, every day, and everything that I do. I happen to be able to discover it and operate best in it while I'm doing children's ministry.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that for me, for the longest time, I had equated talent with spiritual gifts Mm. and talent with passion. So, Mm. what I mean specifically is that I was good at several, th- one of the things that I was good at, talented at was math. And I loved to just look into it and get in deeper in depth with it. When I went off to college and that was the degree that I was studying and I'm looking at all the professions that I could go into. I'm just like, I don't like any of these. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those where I was literally, like systematically eliminating career choice after career choice. Like I would finally get to the thing that I was supposed to do by process of elimination. <laughs> I'm like, that's probably not a good way to do that. I don't know that that's the best. And I just kind of felt like, hmm, I wish that I was passionate about something because I'm, I'm good at doing this thing, but I don't want to do it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm 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 leaning into this area where right now the talent that I have is being utilized for God's glory. That's what I want. That's what I I want to be able to provide that as a a way to give back to yeah. God and to the community that I'm in. Um but I'm doing some searching, I'm doing some looking into like but is that the right place to be? Is it just because I'm good at something or just because something has always been done yeah. the way that it has been? Is that the way that it needs to be? And is that where God is leaning right now? Is that where God is directing right now?
0: And what a good plug for Bob Goff's book, Dream Big. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Well, and I, think there's, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, John. Um, because sometimes we assume that because someone's talented is something they must be called
3: to something. Yeah. I've gotten I got a lot of that where it was like, "Oh, I could. Su- you're such a good uh, worship leader. You should do that." "Oh, you you speak really well. You should be a pastor or whatever." Yeah. I got a lot of that. And I was like, I you know do I, mean? I want to do that?" Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Do you so. know how many
2: pastors that I've met who the reason why they went in is because someone said, "Oh, you're you're really a nice person like, or you're Mm. You're a gifted communicator. You should be a pastor. Yeah, And some of them lasted for a decade, two decades, only to get burned out because they weren't called in the first place. They thought it was the only thing. They took the... Yeah. The job performance assessment when they were a senior in high school and it said yeah. clergy's top of the list. Yeah,
0: and I think that's a, a careful distinction that we need to make. That one, we are all human and though we possess the Holy Spirit, does not mean we are the Holy that's Spirit. That's right.
4: And mm-hmm. human
0: affirmation while in community is so affirming to calling and purpose. We should have it, yeah. But I am not called and ordained because people, and not, yeah. I'm not called ordained at all, but well, you know I, what I mean. Yeah.
3: yeah I, and, I, had, I had a pastor and I was talking to him about profession and calling and all that good stuff. And, and he was, you know, asking me kind of, well, where are you leaning? Or like, what do, you, what do you feel passionate about? And all kind of some of the standard questions. And I like, I answered and then I kind of turned back. It's like, how did you know that you wanted to be a pastor? Like, what was that? And he's like, well, to be honest, I mean, I, I don't always know. I mean, I could be doing something different in five years. And I kind of looked at him like, what? what? What do you mean? Why would you? You've got yeah. the thing. You're doing the thing that you're supposed to do. Clearly, you're good at it, and you're, you know, passionate about it. What do you mean you're going to be doing yeah. something different? And well, it's just they, kind of open, eye-opening to well, me. It's,
2: it's kind of the family business. Like, I know people. Well, yeah. My dad was a pastor, and I'm a pastor. Like, fireman. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I'm like, but what if yeah. you're not called Pray to Pray
0: for it? your pastor's kids, man. And, <laughs> uh, and that's,
2: yeah, well. So, you know, I think, I think the other side of that is... When we come in, when it comes to calling gifting, and this goes back, the whole purpose of the call and ordination is it's the church recognizing a calling in a person's life to a task. This is why I'm not Pastor Jason. My identity is not as a pastor. Now, I get it from a term of respect. I get that. There are some people, they always want to call me Pastor Jason because they're acknowledging the respect with the position. I'm Jason, and the task that God has called me to as a pastor, God could remove that. I could leave it. It does not affect if I'm in walking in communion with the Lord I don't have to be a pastor to do the things that God has called me to do. Amen. It is yeah. the office and job that God has me. That's it. The other side is sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, where I'll see something in somebody's life and I want to affirm them. And I think, I think you're called to ministry.
3: Yeah, sure.
2: And it's easy for me to want to do that because I think I see something, but now I could pigeonhole them and they make I yes. I don't feel that, but they don't want to let me down. Uh-huh. So they make a course correction in life based upon me, yeah. not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And this is where I think it, this is, we have to have, um, there is meant to be an affirmation of gifts. Yes. So I had, a, I had a good friend of mine who, he would say, Jason, I'm, I took a spiritual gifts test for years, and it always tells me my number one gift is teaching. So oh, now interesting. I said, so how many Bible studies? Well, I leave Bible studies all the time. And how many people attend? Well, usually it starts off like six or seven, but in a couple weeks they all leave. <laughs> and I said, okay, I think you may like teaching. I think you may even like learning. But if it's a spiritual gift, you have people who want to. They want to learn from you. That's the spiritual side of it. It's not just that you're passionate about it or you right. enjoy it. There's the fruit. And I think the fruit is how you know the calling.
3: Hmm.
2: But sometimes we have to step into that because you may – that's the skill part. Take a because, risk, yeah. Well, not just take a risk, but mm-hmm. it still requires development. Yep. Yeah. And and so that's why it's not such an easy thing like X, Y, Z. Oh, I have a natural talent. No matter, and this is why I use the back basketball illustration. Yeah. Yeah. I was never going to be an NBA player. Couldn't doesn't matter how passionate I was. Yep. But I would also argue that I don't know that playing basketball is a spiritual gift. <laughs> I mean, it could be used, the platform could be used for God's glory, but it's not like God's going to be like, you can shoot the ball better than anybody else. That's a spiritual gift. And when you do it, people come to Jesus.
4: Yeah. <laughs> if I can
2: meet one person who every time they threw a football, someone's like, I need Jesus! I would say, yeah. you it's have a spiritual gift of football, yeah. right?
3: Wow. All right, yeah. so
2: we're, we're coming to the end here. Um, I, <laughs> I, kind of how I, I want to I end is talking about, um, we have those three, three types of, the three primary purposes of the gift. So you have those that encourage the church. You have those that serve the church. And then you have those that equip the church, okay? And the Bible, I, I don't think the Bible's list is meant to be exhaustive. I really don't. I think that there are other gifts in there that could be. I think the Bible just lists some that were practical. And even as technology has changed. And like, relevant. And relevant, that's right.
3: Who knows? Context? That basketball Context? skills could be. Is Maybe fine. in the <laughs> future. That would be
2: amazing. I'm not going to lie. If I could meet somebody that every time they shot a free throw, like if Steph Curry uh-huh. had the spiritual yeah. gift of free throwing, every time they threw it, go. someone's like, I think there's a God. I think Jesus might be him. How did you know that? Steph Curry shot that shot. And I just realized it must be the case. Um, When you think about these, so the ones that are to equip the church are part of what's called the four or five-fold ministry in Ephesians 4. And those are offices. Hmm. But I do believe that certain people may have giftings in those, but they're not called to the office. So, for instance, I I know people that are very apostolic, and the word apostle— they're the ones who started the church. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who begin moving. They tend to be very entrepreneurial.
4: Mm-hmm. It doesn't
2: mean they're called to be apostles in the church as a position, but they might have an apostolic gifting. Um, when you think about these three, what do you think the ones that, that sometimes we downplay that maybe the Lord is actually saying we need to elevate these, and why? What, three? Of these three, to encourage the church, to serve the church, are, and they can be a specific type of gifting, but what are the ones that we tend to downplay because they're not flashy, they're not upfront? but maybe the Lord wants to elevate those because they really are the heart of the kingdom.
0: I think it, it depends on how you view it, because I don't know if we really broke it down exactly. I think you did, but I don't have it in front of me. When I think of um, like helps, the ability to be helpful without being seen, and just yeah. know, seeing a need and filling it with, with nothing but God's glory in your heart. Yeah. You know, and and mercy and faith and intercession, those quiet, still prayer warriors that like I overheard a conversation of these like retired women that were talking about a high school student in our church. And they they knew what she was up to. They were they were checking in on her. She is well loved, she has prayed for. And they're, they most regularly attend the traditional service, so there's no other interaction that they have with this student that they were talking about how, how, how well-loved she is other than the fact that she's a part of our church. Like How incredible that is. Do people glorify that? Do, do we elevate that as like, wow, yeah. you are so necessary to this kingdom and you don't even realize uh-huh. yeah. that your small talk and like care and concern that she will never know yeah. that you have this conversation, that you love her so much. This, this student, you know, and it's like, we don't, we don't elevate that. So I think that encouraging the church, and I think I'm probably biased, you guys, because mercy is my highest spiritual gifting, and I use it all day, every day. You know, I have the spiritual gifting of shepherding and teaching and um, some other things, too, but I don't use them as often as I use my mercy, and I'm operating out of that.
2: And I— and I, I still remember when Per Nielsen, who was my pastor at Community of Hope, and I said, Per, I know I'm a pastor, but I just don't feel very merciful. Yeah. Hmm. And he goes, well, Jason, he goes, like, no, you're like me. You have a high degree of compassion and mercy for a very short amount of yeah. time. <laughs> and I remember sharing that. I was interviewing for my last church, and I said, here's the problem. I actually don't have a gift in pastoring. That's not one of my top gifts. It doesn't come up because pastoring usually connects with mercy, compassion, and people are like, well, then, and I remember when I was interviewing, like, well, then why are, you, why are you a pastor? Like, you should have the gift of pastoring if you're going to be a pastor. No, because the role of pastor is about a specific calling to do something, and it can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. You know. I had a pastor who was a horrible teacher, horrible preacher. Like, it was, it was so bad. He sounded like Captain Kirk. <laughs> but but when he would but he would emphasize the wrong words though. So he'd oh, be like no. and then God, Lord said and he did like these crocodile like tyrannosaurus <laughs> and he was horrible an amazing pastor.
3: Amen. Yep.
2: And we associate pastor with communication. And there are yeah. a lot of pastors who are not pastoral. Now I'm right. very pastoral. I love people, but I don't have that mercy gift. I don't have that natural shepherding gift. My primary, and this goes back to my my calling, I feel like the purpose that I have right now is twofold. And one I didn't have before, and it's only come into this position. So I believe it's seasonal, Mm -hmm. not situational, but seasonal. I believe God is right now, my purpose is health, to make our church and our community as healthy as it possibly can be. And I really feel called to it. I feel like, and then I do that through teaching, through leadership. And that means I have to work on being healthy. And and again, it's health. It's not perfection.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: I've never felt that call before.
0: How often do we get to actually use our spiritual gifts to encourage and edify ourselves as a part of the body? Yeah. Like, do I have as much mercy for myself as I do for others? Do mm-hmm. you have, yeah. you know, like, I just thought of that.
2: And that's mm-hmm. well, it's like like the dentist who doesn't clean his own teeth, right? I know, or the mechanic's <laughs> car, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the second one is very similar to yours. Um, for years, people always assumed that I had a gift of evangelism, and yet I really have not led a lot of people to Jesus. I have a passion for evangelism. But when I preach, when I teach, and I, I remember um, a good friend of mine said, Jason, when you preach and teach, it feels like you're talking to me. And that's the spiritual gift part. And yeah, there's craft and all that stuff involved. And I feel like part of my, part of my calling is that I want to equip the saints. I don't feel called to the non-believer, though I love them and I am passionate about them. I feel called to the church. I want to see the church be what it's called to be and activated. Uh-huh. Otherwise, I'd be an evangelist. Sure. And there are evangelistic pastors who every time they get up, the only thing they're worried about is that person who doesn't know Jesus. Yep. To the point, and I have a good friend of mine who um, they've, they left a the church because every sermon felt evangelistic. And I'm like, well, because you're looking for a pastor whose heart is to feed his sheep, not to bring sheep in. Mm-hmm. And that's Okay. And I so going back to the question of what do we elevate, I think sometimes we elevate those preaching, teaching gifts, or we elevate the evangelism gift. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like sometimes what we forget to do is, um, and it's, I guess it's similar to yours, is that there are other gifts in allowing people to realize the beauty of not being up front. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I would argue that those are the gifts. Jesus modeled those gifts most. Yes, he was a dynamic preacher and teacher, and then he washed feet.
3: Yeah. uh-huh it was just as important if not more
0: you know and we see it when it, like he gets in trouble like oh he's baptizing and it's actually it was the disciples, the disciples. <laughs> yeah that's funny. how I often that does jesus step aside to be the the servant not the leader and we, he models that so well for us that you know i think for a long time especially when we first started talking about enneagram stuff for those of you that don't know it's a nine personality type um kind of tool and i very quickly realized I was an Enneagram 2 monikered yeah. the helper, And it was like somebody had said to me, yeah, you're just kind of built to be a sidekick. And mm. they meant it so negatively. And I was like, wow, that actually hurts. But why does it hurt? Because I feel like you're only valued if you're in the front. And yeah. I, I took it and I read with it. I was like, you bet. I'll be your high person anytime." Yeah. I hope you feel loved and supported like you're the main character every time I'm around you. Mm. There's nothing wrong
2: with that. Yeah, on the flip side, though, what a demeaning yeah. way. Yeah, what
0: to uh, a way, terrible way to use any Enneagram. Thankfully, that person didn't really speak into my life, and I think they had some work to do themselves. We all do. Yeah. And, and I,
2: I I say stupid things. Yes, amen! <laughs> this isn't answering yeah.
0: your question about, like,
1: which one do we elevate or, or not recognize as much, but I just, sorry, I just want to point out that when... The purposes are to encourage the church to serve the church and to equip the church. Yeah. That does not mean Zion. Yeah. it's the, the capital It is the church, and so yeah. the way the area that you might serve is to be a missionary overseas. Right. It might yeah. be to I don't you know some other. There are t- so many parachurch ministries yeah. or parachurch operations that are. I think so necessary and still are equipping the church, Capital C yeah. Church.
2: I, I think when, I wonder if this is where the sending idea comes in, because you should be a part of a church. So like we have missionaries in Peru. They don't mm-hmm. attend our church, but they've been sent by us. Mm-hmm. So they actually are serving our church. Yeah. And and I think the one of the dangers that I've seen that happens with um, parachurch ministries, well, I don't, I don't need to go to a church because I do this. No, you still need to be a part of a yes. community. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's not, what, com- you, that's not that's what, what you're saying. saying. No,
0: at not at all. We just had a conversation with Pastor Derek about that, of like sometimes our volunteers are like, oh, I, I don't need to go because I did this this week. And I was like, no, you need to do something for yeah. you still too. Uh-huh. And that's
2: actually how you serve the church, but the way that God reveals, and it's also the way that he affirms, is you have to be a part of a community. Yeah, You cannot be, and this is, this is where... Um, I know there are individuals who see their job is to go and they just serve the church and they hop from church to church to church to church, but they have no sending church. Yeah. They started their own ministry, and I, I had we had a, a person at, a, a, at Community of Hope who garnered themselves a prophet hmm. and would regularly come in and confront us as a prophet. We didn't recognize them as a prophet. They weren't sent as a church. That was the spiritual gift they had, and everything they said was wrong. <laughs> They would at one point she called me and she said, I have a list of sins the Lord told me to confront you on. And she listed all these sins and none of them were applicable. And I'm like, if they were, like, I was like, you could I don't. do
0: a whole sermon or series about the misuse of gifts, yeah.
2: And, and ultimately, I she started going to each staff member, Oh, I'm a prophet, but you weren't sent as a prophet, we don't recognize you. That
0: sounds like a mental illness, but the, well, but and
1: again. Did that encourage the church, serve the church, or equip the church? Because if it didn't do any of those things, it wasn't using, not, it right. not using a spiritual not. gift.
2: That's right. And then the part is, is I, I wanted to go, wait, we didn't ask you to do this. And I think it could have been a mental illness. It could also just been personality because some people just like those dynamics. Hmm. But I think if we look at those, if you're not doing one of those things, you're actually not functioning in your full purpose. That's the point of it. And we should be serving in our church directly. You should be serving in your church, but sometimes the way you serve your church is not by serving in the church. Yeah. It's it's serving at a young life or a YFC Youth for Christ, or it's serving, it's doing mission work. But a lot of what we're seeing now culturally is I don't have to belong to a church because I can attend online. My right. church is my church is elevation. Does does any pastor there know you? No, what you're doing is consuming the church. You're receiving the encouragement, being served being equipped but you're not doing anything with it and and so how do we live in that that balance of because it can become all about zion we have to be careful about that
4: mm-hmm. hey yeah. this
2: is uh so i want to end with this and that is that we do have the spiritual gifts test which is going to be online and it's actually broken down to a couple different ways there is the five-fold ministry so it actually has so that you can kind of see where you're leaning is doesn't mean you're called to those things but it breaks it down and then it also has the other spiritual gifts um we got this because we want it to be part of our conversation. Yeah. It needs to be part of a healthy church is utilizing the gifts of the Spirit and operating in those things. But more importantly, we want you to find your purpose. Yeah. And the spiritual gifts are a gift. Yeah, it's they're equipping a,
4: you. They're,
2: yeah, they're a gift so that you can find your full purpose in the kingdom of God. And then you actually become alive. And then our church becomes alive. That's It's all kind of connected. Hey guys, this is a great conversation. Again, if you found this helpful or encouraging, share it with somebody. We still love to hear your feedback. Um, so please rate us on iTunes or Apple or Spotify, whatever it is for those of you faithful listeners. And thank you so much for the encouragement, still get great words of encouragement for it. So just appreciate you all guys. Uh, thank you for the team being here, John Quigley for being here, Manon, as you're doing behind the scenes, no one ever hears from John Quigley, but thank you for
3: it's absolutely needed. It's absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm Jason. I'm Kate. I'm John.
1: I'm Jennifer. (laughs) I was waiting for John Quigley in the middle to give his name.
2: (laughs) This is the Breakthrough Breakdown. Have a great day, guys. Bye, guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion app. Share this episode with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another installment of the Breakthrough Breakdown.